If you have your Bible, or if you have Google, or if you have your iPad, or something in front of you, open up. I want to tell you two places to turn to. Two places to turn to. The first one is Ezekiel 36, which is what Brent just read. Ezekiel chapter 36. And the second one is 2 Corinthians 13.13, which is the last verse in the book of 2 Corinthians. Now, I am going to turn to more verses in this sermon or in this message than I probably have ever. Um, So if you're with us most weeks, we stick in one text, and that's pretty much where we stay. Not today. That's not our style today. But while you're turning to those several places, I want to tell you, so when I graduated from seminary, my watch is, people are texting, my watch is going off. um, So when I was in seminary, we, we just graduated and, uh, or I just graduated, and so we were like, man, we just finished four years of graduate school, we're going to go on a vacation, and so I booked a cruise, and so I graduated on a Friday, and we were in Galveston leaving the very next morning, we're like, we're getting out of here, and, uh, and so we head off, and this is back in 2015, and so we head off, and we're on the Carnival Freedom or whatever, and we, one of the places where we stopped was in uh, Jamaica, and, uh, and so it was, it was a blast. We had these excursions set up. And so when we got to Jamaica, uh, we, got, we had a guide take us to this place called Ochos Rios, where these, there are these waterfalls. And, and you go to these waterfalls, and, and our guide took us to them, and then they hand you off to other guides who then take you to hike up the waterfalls. And they show you, okay, step here, don't step here. Stop, or, and they push you in the water, and then you take pictures, and they take you up this other route to go. It was, a, it was the, the best time. And so, uh, so we finished the waterfalls, and then we remembered something our guide told us as we were beginning. She said, once you get through the waterfalls, it's like cash grab city. It's where they take tourists to come climb the waterfalls, and then once you get to the other side, they have this mini mart set up to where every, every Jamaican comes there to come and like, not, that's, that's an over-exaggeration, I shouldn't have said that, but there were, there, there's a mart there where there, there are people set up to come and say, oh, the, the wealthy Americans are here on their cruise or whatever it is, and so it's like, we want money for this. We want money for this. And so they said, just here's how you avoid this. And so, um, and so our guide said, okay, here's what's happening here. Here's what you should step here. Here's how you avoid that, that little mark area uh, to avoid those people. And then here's, and so like this is, this is what they were doing. And it was, a, it was an amazing experience for us uh, be, because we had a guide tell us every step of the way what we should be doing, where should we be stepping, what should we watch out for, and we ended up having an amazing time. And, uh, and then later we went on and got some, like, jerk chicken stuff, and it was, it was awesome. It was, a, it was an amazing time for us. Now, why do I tell you that? Because sometimes having someone else with you who has experience, who has knowledge that you don't have is your benefit is to your benefit. And so our, as, as we've been walking through this series the past several weeks, we've, we've been talking about a God who is near, a God who desires at every step of the way to be with us. And so we saw how in creation, he, we, we were designed to be with him and to reflect him in the world. And then we saw how what our, he does, he's showing us what our relationship with him looks like and that, that is pictured as coming to him daily for the grace that we need for that day. Because if we don't go to him and we try to strike out on our own, it never works so well for us. 
And then last week, Nick talked about the God who became flesh to come and walk with us, to be with us. And now this week, I want to tell you about the God who came to be in you, the God who wants to live in you. And so there is a God out there who desires to be near to us at every step of the way, so much so that he sent his son to become flesh and walk among us, but then he sends a spirit to come and live inside of every Christian. And so, so this is where we're at. So look at 2 Corinthians real quick with me. 2 Corinthians 13, 13. This is the great, this is how Paul ends this letter. And he talks, he's, he's, he's giving this outro, talking about the, the different roles that the Trinity has in, this, in the believer's life. And here's what he says, he says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and catch this, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So let's pray as we begin this morning. So Father, come before you. And we thank you for your word. God, we thank you uh, for um, giving it to us and allowing us to, to understand it. So I pray that you'd open our hearts, open our minds to hear what you want to say to us this morning. And, uh, and so we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so what Paul just said there is he says, hey, this is the way that God is working for you. The main way that you know these different gods are through these different attributes or these different elements or these different workings through them. So the main thing we see in Scripture through the Son, Jesus, is his grace. Grace, he is grace from God coming for you and me. And that demonstrates the main quality about God that all throughout Scripture is the main description of our God the Father, which is love. Our God loves, but then the Spirit comes, and Paul tells us that the role of the Spirit is fellowship. So God, He wants to be with us, and He wants to equip us with tools we need, but He doesn't just say, hey, listen, I've given you Jesus, and so you should be able to figure it out from there. What He, what he says is, okay, I've given you Jesus, but then I want to come and walk with you and be your guide as you try to live for him. That's what he's saying. I want to lead you and help you do this. I'm not just going to say, okay, I've given you the tools you need, and so figure it out. No, he says, I want to be with you every step of the way from that point on. And so I've sent a guide for you. And this is the main, the main text that he tells us is John, John 14 through 16. Jesus is telling us the role of the Spirit. But the main thing he says is there's a guide coming. There's someone coming to give you fellowship, to walk with you. And Ezekiel, turn to Ezekiel 36. He prophesied about this day. And he said, God would come in this manner. And it says this, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you. And I will remove your heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. And so this prophecy tells us that the spirit, what the spirit is, or who the spirit is, and what he is going to do. And it tells us two things that the spirit does. The first thing the spirit does is he transforms us. Look what it says in Ezekiel. I will give you a new heart 
I'm going to remove your heart of stone, and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. And so the Spirit comes into us and says, I'm going to remove that which is callous towards God, the things that are, that are not receptive towards God, the things that are in rebellion against God, and I want to transform that and give you a heart that is receptive and is loving towards our God. That is what the Spirit is going to do. So he, he transforms us to be like God. I'm going to make you something new. The second thing is this. He empowers So after you have been transformed, you've been given a new heart to be receptive towards our God. Then he empowers you to be able to live like him. Look what he says in verse 27. I'm going to place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. So when God calls us to walk in obedience to him. When God calls us to live like him in the world and reflect his image in the world around us, he he doesn't just say, go and do it. He says, I want you to do this, and then I'm going to give you the power to do it. That is a God who wants to be near to you. So, number one, transforms us. If you have your Bible, turn to John. John chapter 3. There's a story. There's a guy named Nicodemus. And he was, a, uh, he was a Jewish leader. Um, he, he, he wanted to follow God. Um, he wasn't sure about this Jesus thing. He was coming to check things out. He wanted to come talk, talk to Jesus at night because he didn't want his friends to know that he was kind of interested or, or curious about Jesus. And so he shows up. And he's like, uh, hey, Jesus, Rabbi, verse 2. We know that you're a teacher who's come from God. So can you kind of butter someone up? You're like, hey, listen, I know you're from God. You know, so let's kind of have a conversation. So we know you're, you're a teacher who came from God because no one could perform these signs or these miracles that you do unless God were with him. He's like, I've seen you do amazing things. And obviously, like, we know that if God is not the one enabling you to do that, then you wouldn't be able to do that. So we know that God is with you, and so I'm kind of curious about this stuff. And Jesus responds to him, and he says, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That is a weird thing to tell someone. So he walks up, and he's like, Jesus, I'm kind of interested. Like, what's going on? Like, I know that you're from God. And he says, unless you're born again... You can't see the kingdom of God. You can't see what I'm doing in the world. And this guy, has, has, he understands this is a weird question or a weird thing to say. And he's like, what are you talking about? How can anyone be born when he's old? Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? That, that's a strange, a strange concept, but it's a strange idea. He says, listen, you were, every one of us were born at one time. Like, we were little babies. My sons were five pounds or something, four, four something or five pounds, like, when they were born. And, but now they're no longer that size. They're a little bit bigger than that. And like, like it, let's say even if, like, 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 hey, yes, why don't you go be born again? Like, you can't, like, make it happen. Like, that, that's, that's a strange, strange idea, a strange thing to say. And so Jesus is telling him, like, no, no, I want you to understand something here. I want you to understand something here. I, I'm trying to confuse you in order to help you understand. It's an interesting concept. And so he's rightly confused, and Jesus says, listen, here's what I mean. 
Truly I tell you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. He's saying you were born once, naturally. But there has to be a second event in your life that makes you new again. He's like, and how does that happen? You have to be born of the Spirit. Strange concept. Strange concept. But listen, this is what Paul talks about. This is what Paul talks about in Second. I'm going to read this to you. Don't turn there. But Second Corinthians 5. It says, for the love of God compels us. Since we have reached this conclusion, one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. From now on, then, we don't know anyone from a worldly perspective, even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective. Yet, now we no longer know him in this way. Catch this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. What Paul just said, and what Jesus is talking about here, by being born again, what he says is, is you have to have a second event in your life that makes you a new person again, just like when you were born the very first time. How does it happen? The Spirit. You have to be born of the Spirit who comes in and gives you a new heart and makes you into a new creation. And so he, and, and it's, a, it's a mysterious thing. That's what he goes on and says back in John. He says, don't be amazed, I told you this. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. It's a mysterious process. When does it happen? When does the Spirit come into a person's heart and transform them? We don't know. It's a, mis- it's a mystery. And why doesn't every person do it at the same time? If Why doesn't God come to every person in the world and just say, there you go, your eyes are open, believe in me? Like, why doesn't he do that? We don't know. The wind blows wherever it wants. It's a mystery. It's a mystery of God. But to those whom the Spirit comes and transforms their heart, all of a sudden their eyes are opened towards the things of God. And then at that moment, just as Paul tells us, that person becomes a new creation. So the Spirit transforms. And some of us need to hear that. Some of us need to hear that today in that if you are a believer, the Spirit has transformed your heart, and now you are a new creation. And so your old relationships are different now. You are to view your old relationships differently. You view your old habits, your old sins. They're different now because you are a new creation. You're new. You're not your old self anymore. And upon belief in Jesus, the Spirit has come into our hearts and made us a new creation. You're no longer who you used to be. That is what the Spirit does. And so when I was a youth pastor, um, we would take kids to youth camp. And of course, you know, I would preach like 
teach these kids every week in, week out, Wednesday nights, Sunday morning, the same message over and over. Just got to believe in Jesus. You got to be nice to your teachers. Just quit. Like, just follow Jesus. And it's like, that, that's what we want you to do. And like, over and over and over, week in, week out, week in, week out. Like I said, the same message. I preached through the Gospel of John for a year and a half to those kids on Wednesday night. They hated it. But it, they got through the Gospel. I tell you that. Then we got to youth camp, and he went through the seven I am sayings in the Gospel of John. It was incredible. But we go to youth camp, okay? We go to youth camp, and I, I swear I'm teaching these kids week in and week out. They hear Jesus every week. And then you got the hot new camp speaker who preaches the, uh, who preaches the message he's already preached before, okay? He, those aren't just like, he didn't come up with those that morning, okay? Just so you know. Like, those guys are all great because they preach that message ten times. But he shows up, and this dude's, this dude's like 45 or 50. But he's like, but he's like, no, 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 but here, here, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. Somehow, he looks like he is 21. Like, zero wrinkles, like, skin-tight clothes. He wears, like, Nike Jordans. And, like, he's, he's there, like, doing this. And he just says, you know, you just got to believe in Jesus. And my kid's like, I've never heard that before. I'm like, yes, you have. I said, yes, you did. But what's happening, and it's like, I know that he's heard that because I have physically told him 75 times. But then you get a new context, a new person, and all of a sudden their mind is opened up. But if you take into context what, what, John, what, what John tells us, and that the Spirit blows wherever it pleases, and the person's going to respond to God when the Spirit transforms their heart, maybe they really didn't hear it before. Maybe their hearts were not receptive, but then all of a sudden at this youth camp, they are more in tune with the Spirit. The Spirit comes in and opens their hearts to be able to understand the message that's happening based on their surroundings, based on who's with them. And all of a sudden, maybe for the first time, they really did hear it in the sense that they spiritually heard it, not just heard the words and let them leave their head. I don't know. I don't know when that happens, when the Spirit opens up a heart, but when it does, all of a sudden, that heart is transformed and a person is receptive towards the things of God. And at that point, when they believe in Jesus, then they become a new person and a new creation. And that same thing happened to many of us in this room. There's some of us in this room it hasn't happened to yet, but it can. And so if that's you, if you want to be there, pray, God, open my eyes like, open my heart. Allow me to understand this because I want to. But there are many of us in this room that had, that has happened to. We have an event. Like, I, one day, I didn't understand, but then all of a sudden, I just felt this urge that I needed to accept Jesus and, and like, ask him into my heart. Why does that happen? The Spirit blows whoever it wants. He transforms whom he wants. And that's what he happens here. And at the point of salvation, when you hear the gospel and respond to Jesus, the Spirit transforms you and makes you new. And then he comes to live in you as a down payment of your future salvation. Here's the second thing he does. He empowers us to live for God. And he empowers us to live like God. So the Spirit coming is not like a one-time event or a one-hour event like you believed, here I am, okay, I'll see you when you get to heaven. No, no, he comes and he, he stays. He transforms your heart and then he moves in. 
And then he moves in. He doesn't just give us the tools we need and then hope we get it right. But instead, he says, from this day forward, I am going to be your guide walking side by side with you to empower you and enable you to be able to live like God in the world. And you have the power to resist him. You do. But if you're truly a believer, you know it the whole time. Because you have that thought in the back of your mind. You're like, man, I, I know, like, I know I shouldn't be doing this. And then you suppress it over time. And over time, you can suppress it enough to where it gets pretty quiet. But all the while, you know it's there in the back of your mind. And that is the Spirit. He's walking with you saying, I want you to live like God in the world. I want you to live as you're designed to live, which is for your good. So if you follow me, then you won't have this feeling anymore, this shame or this guilt, whatever it is is riding on your back that you feel like is just there. He says, no, listen to me, follow me, obey me, and you'll find, you'll find life. That's what he's saying. That's the spirit at work in your heart. Romans 8 says this, and if this, Romans 8 verse 11, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh, because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if the, by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. And so the Spirit wants to come and enable you and empower you to be able to live like God in the world. And all those who are led by the Spirit day in and day out prove that they are God's sons and daughters. And so those, that's what those promptings are in your mind. So, when, again, I, I get a lot of flack for this. A lot of, I get made fun of. But when I'm driving and I'm telling the guy in front of me because I'm mad, I'm in my minivan, so I'm not cool. But I'm telling this guy because he's not going fast enough because I'm like, I'm stuck here. And I can't get out. And, like, all of a sudden, the Spirit brings to mind, like, like some verse of, like, being patient, like the fruit of the Spirit, like God. And all of a sudden, like, when you're in that moment, like, you're angry. And, like, you don't just naturally bring up. Why don't you be patient right now? Like, doesn't, like that does, that's not natural. That's not what naturally comes out of you. Why does that happen then? It's the Spirit. It's the Spirit bringing God's Word to mind to transform your heart and empower you to live like Him in that moment. That's what's happening then. Or the promptings when you're at Sonic. Brent, I remember Brent saying this uh, when I was in the youth. When you're at Sonic and you have the same consistent person who brings your drink out to you, and then you feel the prompting to invite them to church or to share Jesus with this person, and then all of a sudden you go through that wrestle in your mind, you're like, that can't be God. Like, that, God wouldn't really want me to do that. That would make things awkward right now. God really doesn't want me to do that. That's probably just Satan. And you start to have that wrestle in your mind, you know? And so, like, that, like why does that happen? Why do those promptings come to your mind when God says, I want you to live on mission right now at Sonic? It's the Spirit who's enabling you and trying to empower you to live like him in the world, to live out his mission. It's the Spirit at work in you. And so if you've experienced those things, if you have had Scripture brought to mind, if you felt prompted to live on mission, if you've, if you've had these thoughts, that's the Spirit at work in your heart. He's enabling you and empowering you to live like God in the world. And so those are the two things the Spirit does when he comes, when you believe. He transforms your heart to believe in God, and then he empowers you to live for him day by day as your guide. That is a God who is near.
That is a God who's not distant, who's not away from you, but who, d- who loves you and desires to be with you every step of the way to lead you towards the pathway towards life. That is for your good. And so what do we do? We take hold of this truth. We can rest in this, and be encouraged by this, that that God is at work in us and that he's with us and we're not alone, but God is right there with us. But then the second thing is this, is listen to him and obey him. Because the more you listen to it, the louder those promptings get. The more you listen to the Spirit, the louder he gets in leading you. The more you find he's actually prompting you to do a lot. Or the more, the more scripture you actually will find that will be brought to your mind in that moment. And so that, that is what he desires from us. And so that's the God who's near, who loves you. And so if you don't know who Jesus is, if, you don't, if you've never had the experience of the Spirit in your life, then you can. That's what Jesus said. He said he's going away, and when he ascends to heaven, he's going to send the Spirit to those who believe in him. And so if you want the Spirit, believe in Jesus, because the Spirit is his Spirit. And so he died in your place, so that way in, in his stead you can gain his Spirit. And so if you want that today, you say, God, God, I, I want that. Open my eyes. Allow me to receive him. Allow me to believe today. I doubt. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand this. Help me to believe. Help me to follow you and find the spirit in my life. That's what I desire. And so if you have questions about that, if you're on Facebook, put it on the comments. We'd love to connect, with, connect you with, with a pastor, with a small group. That's the best thing for you is to get connected to a life group to help other people, other Christians, uh, encourage you and walk together uh, with you in this Christian life. Um, but if you want to know who Jesus is, if you, have, if you have questions, just put it on the comments and let us know. And if you're here and you have questions about Jesus or you, have, you want help in finding a life group to be encouraged by other believers to help us obey the Spirit and, and follow him, come talk to me or Brent or Nick. And, um, and, and Nick's the one standing up in the back, worship leader. And so we'd love to connect you to a life group because that is the best thing for you. And so with that, let me pray. And so, Father, come before you. We thank you for your word and that it teaches us about the spirit who wants to come and indwell us. And so we thank you for your son and coming to take our place when we're rebelling against you. And then you want to come and give us your spirit, to come and live in us, to lead us to be people who are like you. And so I pray that you open our hearts. I pray that you've opened our hearts, opened our minds to hear this and to receive this. And so help us this week to live in step with the spirit, to put to death the things of the flesh, uh, but to walk in life, to walk by bearing fruit, to be people who, who are like you. And so we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.